Welcome to Feel Better, Live More Bite Size, your weekly dose of positivity and optimism to get you ready for the weekend. Today's episode is brought to you by AG1 from Athletic Greens, one of the most nutrient-dense whole food supplements that I've come across. It contains vitamins, minerals, prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes, and so much more, and I myself take it regularly. Go to athleticgreens.com forward slash live more to access a very special offer. They are giving my listeners five fantastic travel packs and one year supply of vitamin D free of charge with your first order. See your details at athleticgreens.com forward slash live more. Today's clip is from episode 167 of the podcast with the brilliant Dr. Tommy Woods. In this clip, Tommy explains why cognitive decline in later life is not inevitable and the simple steps we can all take right now to keep our brains healthy in later life. Long-term brain health can be inexpensive and simple to achieve. I wonder if you could expand on what you mean by that. I think, you know, what do you need to make a healthy brain in the first place and then what do you need in order to keep it healthy? Those things are often very similar. They are essentially the, the, the same thing. And there's always going to be a huge amount of interest in, in terms of how do we maintain cognitive function late into life because age-related dementia and age-related cognitive decline are now the leading cause of death. Let's use uh, an athlete analogy, which is that if you stop training or you break your leg and it goes in a cast... When you take that cast off, you'll see the leg on that size is smaller. You've lost muscle mass on that size. So anytime you stop um, sort of giving an input, a stimulus to the muscles, they will reduce in size because it's energetically expensive. If you don't need them, your body isn't going to keep it around. And everything, all the evidence that exists today suggests that your, the brain is the same, right? Use it or lose it. And when we think about using the brain... I like to compare back to what it takes to create and build a brain in the first place. So as an infant, you are doing things like learning to talk, learning social interaction, social cues, um, learning to control this fabulously complicated meat suit with incredible dexterity. And those things take a huge amount of, of neurological uh, stimulus, input, and effort. Then... Throughout life, you start to do things that you may think are hard, but compared to that, really not that hard, like biochemistry as an undergrad or learning to drive a car um, or, you know, the, the, the ins and outs of your job, right? They feel hard, but in terms of the stimulus and the, the, the effort required from your nervous system, it's actually quite small compared to, say, how, learning how to control your whole body. As we get older... We just do the same things again and again. They get easier for us. They just become habits. They become patterns, which don't require, again, any significant cognitive input. And because of that, you're essentially telling your brain, hey, I don't need you to be as complex as you once were because we're not doing anything difficult. Um, and you see multiple different strands that, that, that kind of um, come into this. So... To be a, a, a black cab driver in London, you had to learn the knowledge originally, which is um, 
all of the streets in a six-mile radius of Charing Cross. And they once looked at brain scans of people taking the knowledge or learning it before and after. And those who passed, and, and again, we don't know why they passed, whether it was because they were the ones who actually studied or you know they have some other, some other skills that allowed them to be able to gain the knowledge. Those who passed, again, saw an increase in size in certain aspects of the brain on a brain scan. And those who didn't pass, the knowledge didn't become, capillaries didn't. So you've, you've created this incredibly difficult stimulus, which has then you know, helped uh, improve the brain. Um, and you see something similar in terms of people who retire earlier tend to die earlier as well. And that's after you're adjusting for all the things that might cause you to retire earlier, such as medical conditions. So again, like telling the body, telling the brain that it's required it, it is incredibly powerful for, for brain health. And so, so all of this is basically telling me that... In order to keep your brain healthy, you need to tell, tell your brain that it's needed. That requires you to do difficult things, which is going to also require you to be bad at stuff yeah. as you learn new skills. And then once you acquired a new skill, you then have to move on to something else. I mean, still do the thing if you enjoy it. But then if, as soon as something becomes habit, becomes patterned, becomes easy, it's no longer the same stimulus. So this could be anything. It could be dancing. It could be some kind of movement or sport. It could be singing. Um teaching others uh, seems to be uh, protective as well knitting there are all these things that you can do uh, but you need some kind of ongoing stimulus uh, to, to tell your brain that it that's still needed it's still worth keeping around we're normally told that it's like this inexorable decline over time i think it's very positive and empowering to say you know wherever you are today there is potential for improvement if you're you know sort of capable and able and interested in doing that and when I think about the things that a healthy body, a healthy brain requires long term, right? So nutrition is important, um, but so is sleep or circadian rhythm, right? Light when it's light, dark when it's dark, movement, um, some kind of stress mitigation, and then social connection. It's just how important is connecting with others for our brain health? When you really boil it down, social connection is essentially the sort of foundational aspect of us as a species, right? We are a collectivist species. We benefit from being part of a social group, from having a place in that social group, from having um, a purpose within that group, uh, which gives us meaning. And having meaning is something that tells our body that it's worth being alive. Having meaning or not seems to have an effect on the immune system, has an effect on our physiology. And so without social connection, you're essentially not giving that input, which is that you have purpose, you have meaning, you belong. And that is one of the critical inputs for the the brain to, to keep working. And one of the downstream or threads that comes out of this uh, demand-driven theory of cognitive decline is the grandmother hypothesis. The grandmother hypothesis states that rather than when you've procreated you are essentially just a useless sack of meat, which is what some people will tell you about the evolutionary forces on our bodies, right? That you're just there to procreate. Once you've done that, there are no more evolutionary forces that are creating fitness, right? And so like most people will say that the, your genes are just there to make you live to 20 or 30 years old, procreate, and then what happens after that doesn't really matter. However, the grandmother hypothesis would state that if you are useful and healthy longer into life, then you are available to help support your progeny 
their progeny and to keep your your tribe alive, right? So you are actually increasing the likelihood that your genes will be passed further into the future by being alive to be able to help the new parents or being able to look after the grandchildren. So actually, there are evolutionary forces that exist to keep us healthy for as long as possible. However, you get to a point where you are no longer of use to the group, and then that's probably going to be a trigger for some kind of decline. Because as soon as you're no longer of benefit, you know, if we think about this from an evolutionary perspective, we think about, um, you know, hunter-gatherers, you know, early humans, as soon as you're no longer of benefit, you are, de- you are a detriment to your tribe, to your group. You're going to take up resources, people are going to have to care for you, which, is, which they can't really afford to do. So that could trigger this period of decline. You know, you think about uh, wolves or dogs leaving the pack when they're old so they can go and die peacefully in the wilderness. And humans used to do that in some uh, groups as well. So we are only giving ourselves the input that says, you know, you're worth being here, you're worth having some kind of function because you're part of a group and because you have purpose. And without social connection, it's almost impossible to have any kind of significant purpose because you don't know that you have purpose because you're not contributing to a to a some kind of goal or group that's greater than yourself. So I think that we've kind of bounced back from the philosophical to the physiological, but at some level for us to survive and be healthy and functional requires some kind of social input that says you have meaning, you belong, you have purpose. And so that's going to be critical to physical health, mental health, cognitive function. Uh, And that requires social connection. It requires other people to help you see and learn that. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Tommy. Super powerful. And the message keeps coming through to me that you've got to give your brain a reason to think that you need to be alive, you have value. And uh, Mm. I think we can all think about that for ourselves and for the people around us. Hope you enjoyed that bite-sized clip. Do spread the love by sharing this episode with your friends and family. And if you want more, why not go back and listen to the original full conversation with my guest. If you enjoyed this episode, I think you will really enjoy my bite-sized Friday email. It's called the Friday Five. And each week I share things that I do not share on social media. It contains five short doses of positivity, articles or books that I'm reading, quotes that I'm thinking about, exciting research I've come across, and so much more. I really think you're going to love it. The goal is for it to be a small yet powerful dose of feel good to get you ready for the weekend. You can sign up for it free of charge at drchatterjee.com forward slash Friday Five. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. Make sure you have pressed subscribe and I'll be back next week with my long form conversation on Wednesday and the latest episode of Bite Science next Friday. <laughs>